Hi guys, I'm Kelly. And I'm Courtney, and we are the ladies behind Court and Kelly on Instagram and the founders of the lifestyle blog Mimosas in Manhattan. And we are back with another episode of So Random with Court and Kelly. Hi, Court, you little sweaty queen over there. Oh no, I just got back from hot yoga, so I'm definitely still a little bit red. I've started to go back to my studio classes and let me freaking tell you, I forgot how hard, like I just did core powers, hot sculpt or yoga sculpt. And yeah. I had to like child's pose out of fear of passing out like five times. <laughs> I also took, I was last in the room. So, you know, in like hot yoga, when you're last, you get this think you're dying right by the heater. No, oh. you, everybody else like gets the better spots. And then the only spot that was left was the one by the heater. Um, the last time I did hot yoga and you know how much I love yoga, but hot yoga, it's just a no, no. The yeah. last time I did hot yoga, I was in a downward dog and got a bloody nose <laughs> and the girl was like, what is wrong with this chick? But I kind of have this thing where I always get bloody noses. So it is what it is. <laughs> okay. So we are back from Cabo. How are you feeling? Um, let me just say that I've basically been detoxing for an entire week and I'm just now feeling a little bit. Okay. How are you feeling? Well, I was actually just talking with, um, my like dietitian nutritionist lady. And I was like, what do you, what would you say the three top things to detox are? And she said, water, of course, green tea. And, um, oh my God. Oh, um, um, uh, the, uh, inflammatory shots, like doing like like a turmeric shot. Like a turmeric shot. Yeah. She was like, those are the things that you need and all fresh, like only eating like fresh foods. Okay. So So I've been doing, I've been doing plant-based, a ton of veggies, um, no drinking. Well, a little bit of drinking, (laughs) (laughs) but during the week, no drinking, um, working out every day, tons of tons of walking. I've been doing, trying to do like 10,000 steps a day and I'm finally feeling back to normal, but like we I don't know how you're surviving after all that travel. Like you went from Washington state, right? Yeah. That sounds so weird thing out loud. Like not Washington, DC, Washington state to San Diego or to Hawaii, to San Diego, and then to Cabo. Like that's insane. It was, it was amazing though. The trip itself was so fun. I mean, I slept for probably 20 hours, um, but and it, but I'm ha- like looking, obviously in the moment of the red eye, I'm like, oh my God, I will never do that again. Our red eye also got delayed two hours Ugh. and it was terrible. So we didn't end up taking off from Cabo till 1am, but I was so lucky because the girl that I was in a middle seat and the girl to my right was like, oh, I'm going to move. Thank God. So Kyle was to my left. So I got those two. But in that moment, I was like, I'll never, ever do this again. But now that I'm like back to normal, I'm like, take me on another. Like, <laughs> Let's go back this weekend. Yeah, let's go back. No, I didn't tell you guys this. And when I was texting you guys, when I got to the Cabo airport, I, I, I'm fine with flying, like, especially alone. I actually rather fly alone. I thought that I was on the, the, the brink, but I was on the brink. You were <laughs> like, on the brim, the brim. Oh, the brim, the brim. I get to the airport and I just like, I guess I didn't really fully wrap my head around the cov the, the cavo, the COVID testing and how you had to have like all of that ready to go. Like the negative results. When I tell you 
that I was so wet. Like I had to take my shirt off and walk around in a sports bra because I was sweating so much because I was about to miss my flight. And I was like, I can't stay here. Like I have to go home and drink water. I finally got on the, I was the last one on the airplane. It was going to leave in like five minutes. I get on, but it was, it was a disaster. So if you're going to Cabo, get to the airport at least three hours ahead of time, because I don't think they've really figured it out. And I don't like, everybody's going to Cabo right now. Like everybody's flying there. And I think that like they're, they weren't ready for the amount of people. And I was on the bram. I was on the bram. But besides that, I'm so happy that we went and I'm so happy we're back. And we're actually joined by a very special guest today who came on our trip with us to Cabo. We have Victoria Van Ness. We were going to try and record in Cabo and then (laughs) things just like sort of went rogue. Things went rogue and we like drank a mimosa instead, which, you know, you have to do on vacation. But now we're here. We're so excited. So like I mentioned, we're joined by one of our very good friends, Victoria Van Ness. Victoria is an influencer, an entrepreneur and founder of the Amavi Agency, which is a digital marketing agency in New York. She runs social media and influencer marketing all around. She's a total badass and I don't really know when she sleeps. Uh, But we met Victoria back in, I think like what, 2016, 2015. All I remember is like, we were already old at that point and she was still like this young little chicken. But we met when she was working at Blog Lovin' and became instant friends and started going to events together. And all of a sudden, you know, we're going to Cabo together. So this is Victoria. We're so excited to have you. How are you? I'm so excited to be here. How am I? I've been better. I've been (laughs) post Cabo, if I'm being honest. Um, so I obviously got back a few days. I extended my trip. So I stayed an extra, feels like a month, honestly, but it was like four days and it's taken a toll on me. So I'm taking the notes on the green juices and the turmeric shots. I feel like I'm on the brim, on the brink, on the brim. We're, we're, we're all on the edge of everything. <laughs> but you're in this like beautiful light studio. Where, where are you right now? Yeah. So I'm in Venice. I'm in LA for the summer. And I actually made the decision. I came back from Cabo and I was like, first off, I'm going to extend. I'm going to stay here an extra month in LA. Oh. And I don't think I'm back to New York until January. I think I'm going to keep puts in and pops in around. Wait, why, could, why did you just tell us like a bomb like that? Well, the thing is that you don't have rent either to pay. So we can just, we can go back to Cabo together. <laughs> Are you still renting your Lower East Side apartment? Yeah, I mean, so somebody like subletting it right now. So we'll see what happens with all of that. But I'm just not ready to like go back. Okay, well, maybe I'll sublet from you. Okay, perfect. Are we, perfect. Having, a, are we having a regular phone call right now? Yes. <laughs> well, no, this is good because Kelly's making every episode of the podcast. We make a little, like a 1% uh, of headway on what Kelly's going to do next and where she's going to move next. So I feel like we're actually making strides in the bigger picture of what the it's podcast is. It's like Candyland. Yes. Like Candy like- landing. Kelly's journey. Yeah, we've moved forward a step. But okay, so I wanted to just go back because you extended your trip. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to share with the group because we have a lot, the group, the podcast <laughs> fans, because we have a lot of Bravo fans. So randomly, Victoria lands, she's single. She lands in Cabo, gets on Hinge as one does. And she matches immediately with a deckhand from one of the seasons of Below Deck Med. And Actually, he's a bosun. Oh, he's a bosun. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a bosun. 
And that is only the best, only the best. And she's telling us, and me and Kelly are freaking out. We were like, you have to invite this guy out. So he comes out with us. Victoria and him hit it off. I've never seen two people with such similar senses of dark humor in my entire <laughs> life. So then you extend your trip. So tell us a little bit more about that experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jesus, where do I start with that? Okay. Yeah. So we, we, we matched on hinge and we were on our boat on our boat day I was a few drinks deep and I was like, come out with us tonight. And he was like, I wasn't planning on it, but I can be persuaded. And I was like, great. Consider yourself persuaded. You're coming. We'll see you at like eight o'clock. That's kind of it. Yeah. And, um, he came and I, we all, I think we had, we had seen him on the show and we were kind of expecting something different not as good as what we got in person. It's like those memes where it's like what you order versus what you got. It was like the opposite. It was like backwards. It was, yeah. yeah. It was like, he was so much, so much hotter in real life than on the show. Yeah. So he walked in and I was like, this is going to be a good time. So I was happy. I was happy with what I ordered. And <laughs> we did, we hit it off. He was like a sick freak. And I'm like, I was loving it. It was like a dirty, dark, ping pong game of I don't even know what it was incredible so he came out with us we had a great time he went home and then the next night he came out with us again came to dinner it was like he like joined the crew for the the trip it was awesome which I think was great because Kyle was like dying with all of this female energy I agree I think he brought a really fun energy to the group and yeah I think Kyle was super appreciative to like have another guy there and it just like completed the trip. And then I was giggling because like at one point, Kelly and I were like partying and Kelly looks at me, she's like, I can't believe we're just like partying with this below deck bosun. And I was like, I know this is like our dream. But the funniest part of it is that we didn't want to let on that we knew about him on the show. Yeah. So, but given I have watched every single Every episode season, a below deck below deck med below deck sailing so i'm a- asking him these like very intuitive questions about boats like i'm asking him oh you're on a sailing okay then a motor yacht and i'm like going through the hierarchy like you're like oh, so are the cameras really on when you're going to the bathroom no, just kidding <laughs> yeah i was like going through all of these different things and he at one point says that he um lived in uh florida and i was like oh yeah you lived in fort lauderdale because that's where all of like the yachties get their credentials and then he looks at me and he's like wait he's like how do you know so much about boats and I was like oh my god oh my god oh my god what do I say so and I you like, were yeah. spewing out so many facts like you got you was like you were he was like talking to his captain like you had like all the knowledge <laughs> I had all of this knowledge and then I look and I'm like because he's like point blank asking me and I was like oh um when my family was in Iceland we saw this sailing yacht and and then I became obsessed with boats and he like bought it I started showing him pictures of the boat he was like so cool but I I mean I'm wondering if like deep down he like knew but I feel like he appreciated that we didn't ask him about it um did you stay on with the lie Victoria that you didn't know we never talked about it. Oh my God. That's so funny. At one point we're at like this turn up dinner and somebody brings up Vanderpump rules. And he, I remember he goes, bravo, bravo, fucking bravo. He said that at the dinner table and he, and we were like, oh yeah, like, that's so funny. And we were like, I don't know if you know Bravo, but like, there's a show Vanderpump rules. And like, we started like, talking about goes, it. Like, bravo. And we yeah. were like, oh, 
abort, abort. <laughs> no, but all of us like kept on. I think we all like gave each other eyes and we like kept on. Like, I think that we were really good. And I think yeah. that we should all be actresses. Agreed. Where's our, where's our Emmy? <laughs> where's yeah. our Emmy? Okay. So the next morning I wake up, I'm about to board my flight. And you were like, I don't know. Like he just texted me to, to see if I should stay another week and go camping with him. So yeah. I leave, like you were about to get on your plane a couple hours after me. Next thing I know you book a ticket to Mexico city, book a ticket back to Cabo and you're camping with this bro in the middle of a rainforest. Yeah. Before I knew it, I lost $700 on the Mexican equivalent of spirit. <laughs> I was like happy about it. I was like, sweet, like, let's go. Um, yeah. So that's the second night at dinner, we were out and he actually, we were talking about camping for some reason. And I was like, I love to camp. And he was like, well, we're going this weekend. You should come with us. And I was like, I can't, like, I have to go back to, to LA. I need to go back to work and like go back to the real world. And he asked me again, like later on that night. And I was like, I can't. And then the next morning, Lex and I were kind of like, you know, joking around about me coming to Mexico city. And then I was like, Oh, I can't. And then it was like two hours before my flight. And we're like laying there, Courtney and I are like laying there getting our massages next to each other. And I like have a like out of body experience. I like floated outside of my massage body on the table. And I was like, why am I going back? Like, this is a moment that I need to have an experience. And I was like, just kidding. I'm not going. So I changed my flight and I went to Mexico city with Lex, our other friend, obviously that was on the trip who lives in Cabo. And we had the best time. We like ate and drank and just lived it up. And then I flew back. So I flew to Mexico city and then I flew back to Cabo and it actually ended up kind of like working out perfectly because he was like, you're coming. So I'm going to get an Airbnb. We're not going to camp. And I was like, Oh, you don't have to do that. Like, it's fine. But I was like, so you got to do it. Yeah. So it it. was fine. Like, are you guys going to keep talking? What's the vibe? So here's the thing. I, I really, it's funny. It's going to sound really corny, but I think that this man and I had some weird, like soul connection. Like I love him as a human. I think that he's the most beautiful, incredible soul. He was actually very smart, like listens to podcasts, reads books. And we had very in-depth conversations like about like sociology and stuff. And I was just like, what's happening right now? We're like five years deep and like having the best conversation. Like, honestly, I just, and I, I told him, I was like, I felt, I feel so safe with you. Like, I don't know what it is, but I feel very safe with you. And we had a great time and it was really fun because like, like we said, I'm newly single. So I've kind of never experienced like the fleeting romance when like, you know, it's going to end and you're on vacation. Everything is fun and light. And I, it's almost like sexier. Yes. I loved it. Like I enjoyed every second. Cause I knew that it wasn't like, I wasn't going to pursue him to try to make him my boyfriend. And I think that like, he knew that obviously I was leaving. So we both just, like really enjoyed each other's company. And it was really fun to have something that was just like a vacation boy for like two days, which then turned into like four days, but it was great. It was great. It was so fun. He was so fun. You guys definitely had a connection, but I wanted to talk about, you mentioned that you're newly single and me and you have kind of had a similar situation. Um, you were obviously with your guy for a lot longer, but you guys ended up breaking up basically in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. And can you tell us a little bit about like your past relationship and how you came to this decision that it was time to like separate and sort of 
you know, figure out your own life and, and where you were going because so much of your life was like really wrapped up in who he was and his occupation. Can you kind of like expand on that? Yeah, definitely. So I met my ex when I was 18 by a week. So I was super young. He was visiting in Atlanta for his job. He randomly enough was an acrobat with Cirque du Soleil like casual and it's weird because like I come from a circus background like my mom was a carny and like I grew up going to circus like every single year it's like when we and we met on tinder actually like before tinder got kind of weird and like when I saw that he did what he did what he did I was like this guy like we're gonna be great friends like we're gonna we're gonna shoot the shit yeah and so I knew I had to meet him and basically like after our first date I was like this guy is like incredible. So after two months, he was there on tour in Atlanta where I'm from. And I was like in my first semester of college and I would just not even go, like, I wouldn't even go to class. I would just stay with him and like live my best life. My mom was like, are are, are you, are you going to school? And I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm going like, I'm good. And I would just be like sitting there, not going to school. You're um, so bad girl. I'm a bad girl. So yeah. And so we, we really connected and he basically was like, look, you know, if you want to date, like you have to come on tour, there's no other option for this to work. And at that point I was 18. I was in community college because I applied too late to go to school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was just like working a nannying job, just really not happy, wanted to get out of Atlanta, but I didn't know how or why or when. And so I was like, okay, heck yeah, I'll go. Like thinking that it was going to be maybe a year, maybe a year and a half, maybe even two years and just like go and travel and then come back and start like a real life. Uh, fast forward, it was six years of my life. It was wild. I mean, and it, it flies by. So I went on tour with him. We lived everywhere. We did Canada, a Canadian tour. We did a U.S. tour. We did a few cities in Europe. I lived in Japan for six months. It was a truly incredible experience that I am so grateful for. I would not trade anything. I have no regrets about not going to school or anything. Um, But it's true. Like you said, Kelly, like I lived his life everywhere that we went and what we did was truly based on like where we had to go for the show all the way down to like where we lived like they would put us in the hotels and you really you had to stay in those hotels and sometimes they were not that nice sometimes they were 45 minutes outside from the city and like you don't really have a car on tour so it was very isolating and all that was great when I was younger because I was still wanting to just like party and I would be fine with like Netflix and chilling when I was 19 and 20 and then when I turned 20 or when I turned 19 I moved to New York which is where I met you guys and started my career in the social media and influencer marketing world. So I started a blog when I was very new on tour as like my creative outlet. So I was nannying for this family just to make money. And the kids were like, so beyond little hell rascals. And I was like, I just need to like decompress. Like, what am I going to do? So like, it was the time like 2015, 16, like sincerely Jules was really blowing up and Kiara Fragni and all these bloggers. And I was like, I just want to talk about like what I'm doing, eating, seeing, wearing while I'm having this like wild experience. And so I treated that like it was like my second job. And then when I moved to New York, I obviously didn't have any college degree, any real work experience, but I had my blog and I was like, I want to get in this industry. I just don't really know what or how I'm going to do it. 
So I was applying for jobs and like the second one that I applied for, I was like, I love this company. And it was a company called Blog Lovin' and it was kind of like, like a Pinterest for bloggers. Like you would share your content and stuff. And so I was like, it was also like huge at the time. Like every influencer yeah. wanted to work with Blog Lovin'. They had the Blog Lovin' Awards, which was so big. Like it was a big yeah. thing at the time. Yeah, it was such a great company. So I walked in and I did my interview and both of my former bosses now are two of like my best friends and, and mentors. And they were like, like my, my friend Casey, she was like, okay, great. So like, what's your work experience? And I was like, I don't really have any, but like, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Like I'll work from the ground up and I'll hustle. And she was like, cool. So like, is your boyfriend really in the circus? And I was like, yeah, he is. And that was like really the extent of my interview. I think that they just saw that I was really eager to learn and it was a very entry-level position, obviously. So I started there and I loved every day that I worked there. The people were awesome. I loved what I did and I had room to grow. They really let me like kind of build a role and like mold my day in and day out, which was so important. And my boss was really lenient about like me taking half days or popping out for lunch to shoot. Cause I was still being a blogger, like going to events, coming in late, which was awesome. And that really helped me like grow that side of my career. And then, um, my ex and I actually broke up for a few months while I was in New York because he wanted to go to Japan. That was like a lifelong dream for his. And I was taking off in New York. So I wanted to stay. So we broke up. I put like a, a totally deposit. About that. Yeah, it was a brutal. I put a deposit down on my apartment and like, look, I was 19. I, I always kind of had his guidance and help. And I was in New York alone. I remember like going to like the Upper West Side. I was going to Jersey at like nine o'clock at night after work. And it's like winter and you're trying to find an apartment. And I remember I was like going to get a coffee at like 10 o'clock at night at McDonald's. And I just have a breakdown. I just start sobbing. And I mean, I would too, if I was drinking a coffee at 10 PM at a McDonald's, <laughs> I, it was beyond, I fell to my knees and I remember calling mom and mom and I was like, mom, I don't know how I can do this. Like, blah. it was like such a moment, but I feel like New York, you have to have like one of those New York moments where it's just like, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know what I mean? You're not a New Yorker if you haven't cried on the street to your mother. Or the subway. <laughs> yeah. Or the subway. <laughs> like in the park. Like literally, you gotta cry in public. Anywhere. <laughs> yeah. So, and then basically he, you know, he came to his senses essentially. And he was like, hey, you know what? I'm gonna forget Japan and I'll stay in New York for you. And like, we can build your career. And I was like, sweet. A week later, we get the news that the show is closing. So the only other job offer for him was to go to Japan. So I was like, great, if you were going to sacrifice for me, I have to do this for you. It's only fair. So I buckled up and I went to Japan and I was like still consulting for some old agencies that I worked for in New York. And I was taking business calls at like four in the morning with the door closed in the bathroom while he was asleep. And I had a moment of realization and I was like, look, this industry is not old. It's not like we're working in finance and we're like at JP Morgan and you have to put in your 20 years to make good money or like work your way up. I was like, this industry is new and I've been in it for like three years now. Why not just start my own company and I can make my own hours and everything. And so that was what I did. I started my company when I was 21 living in Japan and, you know, it's been like three years now and it's, it's the best thing that ever happened because I was on tour and I was kind of forced to like learn a new industry. I was forced to make a job for myself. And then it really just catapulted me into what I do now. So super thankful for all of that and all the experiences, but yeah, I mean, we broke up. So 
we moved to Orlando last year and there was a show opening there and he was kind of like, look, you know, again, you've done so much for me. Let's try and put some roots down for you in the States. You can kind of, you know, try to build, maybe be based out of Miami a little bit. And so we tried it and then COVID happened and it just, I think that's what COVID did to a lot of couples. It either brought you a lot closer together, like core, or it really just like shine some light on some things. And it's not to say it was like a, a relationship issue. It was more just like, I knew that I was really unhappy and I was not going to be happy living in Orlando. And it was weird because during COVID, my company actually took off. I made like triple what I made all three years in the first few months. Um, and I, I really started working in alcohol more with alcohol clients and influencers. So I, all the budget was being put towards that. So I was making money and I missed New York and I saw that rent was cheaper. So I kind of was like looking at apartments in the back, like not seriously, but I found one that I loved. I put it down to put down like a deposit on it, whatever I applied for it and I got it. And I remember thinking like, this is the apartment that I wanted. And like, it makes more sense for me to be in New York. Like I just have to do this. I owe it to myself. And I had been fighting that feeling, which he knows this. I had been fighting that feeling back in my mind for like two years. And it just felt like, there's no more fighting left in me. Yeah. Like I have to do this for myself. And so I moved well, to New York. Also at this point, like you're still so young so and young. your job, just to give like a little bit of context, I think in the beginning of the pandemic, so many brands were, why did I just say brands like that? So many brands, brands. So many oh, brands were, were pulling their agency dollars and putting it towards freelancers and consultants because you know, it was a little bit more flexible and I'm talking like larger agencies. And I feel like, especially putting a lot of dollars towards alcohol, because what else were we doing in the beginning of the pandemic besides yeah. like cracking a bottle of vino at 3 PM and being like, Oh, it's fine. It's a pandemic. So I feel like similarly, yeah. we, we do very similar things in the consulting world that like, Oh my God, all of a sudden there's this hole for, for brands and agencies to want to work with more like independent freelancers. And suddenly there's all this work and and you being in Orlando, I remember you saying like, whoa, 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 wait, like, why am I here when I can be in, in New York where I want to be and sort of like focus on myself and my career for a little yeah. bit, Yeah, especially because you were, I mean, are still like at such a, at such a young age and like such a pinnacle time you know, in yeah. your career. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I'm 24 and I was living, I was living in the suburbs of Florida. Like I had the white picket fence and everything. And I just remember even in COVID, like I had such FOMO, like I would see people like, you know, taking the videos of the, you know, the, the six o'clock clap for all the healthcare workers. And I was just like, I want to feel that, you know what I mean? Like I'm walking around my neighborhood for exercise and I'm like waving to like Daryl, who's like 55, you know what I mean? It was just like not cutting it for me. So I, I moved back and it was wild. You guys, like it was the first month that I moved back. And I said, like, I made a lot of money during COVID. It was like, I had tripled what I made in COVID. And like, I was just getting work falling into my lap. And, you know, you guys know how it goes. Like you have to consistently pitch and hustle all the time. Like I was pitching my company day in and day out for three years. And I haven't had to send out like one pitch since last year and like wow. July. So like everything has been word of mouth. Everything has been inbound, like client referrals. So it was really like, I never needed that green light or the sign because I knew in my heart of hearts, like that was what I needed to do. But it really was just like, kind of like the cherry on top, knowing that like, that was 
the right move for me when all of that started happening. So, you know, like I said, it wasn't really like a relationship thing. Of course, there were little things here and there that always contribute. Like if you're totally happy, you're not going to just be like, oh, I'm going to move, you know, but I knew that I was so young and there was experiences that I didn't have. And I knew that, you know, if I was going to marry this guy, then I, a part of me would always wonder like, what would it be like to be single and to date? What would it be like to travel by myself? Like have that resentment. Yeah. Yeah. And he was always very aware of that. He was like, I don't want you to resent me. So the second that I told him that I, you know, wanted to move back to New York, he was like, yes, I've been telling you this for years. Like I've known this was going to be better for you. You were not as happy here. Like you need to do this for you. And that's when I was like, this is incredible. You know, you spend six years with somebody and you worry about how that breakup's going to go, how you guys are going to react, how, you know, if you're going to stay friends and he couldn't have been more respectful and like happy for me to do it. And it was just healthy. Like everyone was like, how was the breakup? I'm like, it was so mature and amicable. Like he truly only wants the best for me. And that's why I'm like, I will always love that man because he was just the best. So that's so sweet. I remember meeting him a few times and he was such a good guy. And also he did a backflip for me on the beach. So I was like, this guy's great. (laughs) how do you feel like okay so just because from living in New York for six years I can't imagine going from like a home like I I know you had like a nice house like three four bedrooms to like back to apartment living and yeah. like these shoebox apartments how did you kind of make that transition from going like was it a hard transition or do you feel like you it was kind of seamless It was first in the beginning, it was so seamless. Like I got there and I remember first off, like when we were moving into Orlando, I have to be honest, like I was never really that excited about it. Like I remember he was like, I'm going to get like all the furniture that you want from like West Elm, CB2, all these places. And like, he was picking out like the couch fabric and he was like, which one do you like? Like crochet twill or gray stone? And I was like, I don't care. Like, I literally don't care. And that for me was like the first sign of being like, this is not really what I wanted to do. You're like, and literally, then- I just want some Postmates from the, from the deli. <laughs> finished. Like, it's really all, it's all. Yeah. So I remember like when I got the apartment, the second I got it, I was like looking at all my furniture and I was like, yes, this is exactly like the feeling that I needed to feel like I've never had my own place. I never lived by myself. So for me to decorate was really exciting. And so I got there and I was like, I remember I like put my stuff down. I was like, this is mine. Like I hustle, I'm 24 years old. And like, I pay for this apartment all on my own. And like, that was the best feeling for me than like anything else. And I just felt really proud. And I remember like my friends and my mom being like, you're probably going to cry. Like, you're probably going to be really sad the first night, the first few nights, like it's going to be weird to sleep alone. And I remember I got into bed and I was like, hell yeah. Like, this is awesome. Like, I love this. There was never a moment of like feeling lonely or anything like that, which I thought was interesting because you spend six years with somebody and you kind of expect that. But I think also because he worked so much, like I was kind of used to being on my own. Yeah. And also like being on tour is very isolating. Like I've gotten very good at like being my own best friend. So I was like, there was no adjustment in terms of like an emotional thing. And I loved it. I love decorating my apartment and stuff. But then after like four months, I was like, uh, like that's kind of where I'm at now because my apartment, it's a two bedroom, but it's very, very like sectioned off. Like each room. You never saw that apartment either. No, which I I never did point you to sign like you, 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 because it was COVID. So you didn't have a choice. 
Right. And I loved the location. Like it was right where I wanted to be. Like I'm on a great street and I was like, great. It's a two bedroom. Like, and it's updated, like awesome. And it's tiny. Like it's really small. It's also very dark. So it's like a real way. So the light only comes in from one room, but there's a wall that blocks it. So after a few months, I was just getting like, Ooh, you know, I yeah, felt like I was hard. Like, yeah. Like a rat, like in a cage and it was dark. So, and plus I work from home. So like, I was like, I need space. So my mom was coming to LA back and forth a few times and I came with her. And it's funny. Cause like, I would always like talk smack on LA, be like the people there suck, you know, it looks like crap compared to New York. Like well, I get really there. Blah, blah, blah. And I came here a few times and I was like, Oh, actually like really like it here. So I came here for the summer, like for one month and I just booked a one-way ticket and um, I'm going to stay, but it's kind of like the weird place where I'm at now where it's like, you know, we see where Lex lives in Cabo and I'm like, you pay, like a quarter of the price and you're on the beach and I'm so used to being on the road and changing cities every two months and like experiencing all the new things. And I think I'm starting to get a little bit antsy just staying in New York. So like, I also had the realization last night where I was like, you know what, if I start dating somebody in six months from now, and like, then two years, it turns into marriage, and then five years, it turns into kids, like, when am I ever going to have the chance to kind of have an eat, pray, love, like, experience on my own? Never. So like, that's kind of what I want to do. I kind of just want to get back into a suitcase for a few months and like really just go places by myself and have that under my belt and then come back to New York when I feel more settled and then kind of start to figure out like the next moves from there. Yeah, I feel like now's the time to do it, especially because I mean, still, I know the world is opening back up, but brands have gotten so used to like, I feel like before you were either in New York or LA influencer mm-hmm. wise, but now brands are kind of open to a lot of different markets, people traveling everywhere. There's not that many events still. Like, I, I feel like it's still going to be a while until we really get back into that, like the whole swing of it. So I feel like now is probably the time to do it if you're going to yeah. do it. But I do feel like something that you're so good at that I really look at is you do hustle your ass off. Like you work really, really hard, but you still put yourself out there with like dating and making sure that you're going on dates. And I was really trying to do that for a while. And then all of a sudden I just like a wall went up and I hit a block and I was working, working, working. And I'm like, the last fucking thing I want to do is go work at a conversation to some guy I don't even know. Also be on the apps, like after work, it's just like the last thing I want to do, but I feel like you're so good at it. Do you have a few pieces of advice for people who are on apps, who are dating and like balancing working hard, but also putting themselves out there? Yeah, no, I definitely get, I get what you mean in terms of like, it just feels like work. Like I even have taken a break from hinge for like, I say like, I'm like three days. Like, that's like a lot, but like, I love to, I love to go through hands and just like, see what people say. And like, I'm like, how are you even saying this? Like, this is so beyond not like, not okay. So I really do swipe for entertainment. And then like, I'll find like two hot guys like a week and I'm like, great, let's go for a drink. So I'm like, it's work, you know what I mean? But it really is. And then I think you and I said this the other day, Kelly, like we were like, you know, we both have very big personalities and we're both very personable. So like when we get on that date, I feel like we do show up and we probably do like carry most of that date. Like, I know that I'm very funny with men. I'm consistently told that. And I'm like, 
I think I, I have that standard for myself. So I get to the table and I'm like, all right, it's go time. Yeah. Like we got to rock and roll this, you know, it's and that's exhausting. Even when you're like, I'm going to let them carry the conversation. Like, let me sit back and see if they can do it. And then you get there and you're like, <laughs> like it's, it, we're programmed as women. We're programmed to make them feel comfortable. Yes. And that's so much pressure, especially when you've never met them before. I feel yeah. like I probably just screamed into the mic. So I'm sorry, you guys, if I blew everybody's You turned into a now. robot. It was like the most incredible thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but that's really how I am and I can't help it. And it's exhausting. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a lot. I mean, that's the thing. Okay. So, I mean, I've learned you just have to, it depends where you are, right? Like if you're looking for a relationship or if you're looking to like have fun, like for me, like my hinge profile is very much like, it's just funny. Like it's a little bit saucy. It's very much me. Nothing on there is serious. Like I talk about how I have a Harry Potter tattoo. Cause like I have a Harry Potter tattoo. It's so dumb, but like I do. And I think that that really helps because it gives people something to open with. Like mm. you go with humor or you go with something that's like, like when I see a guy's hinge profile and it's like, what are you looking for? And they're like, I want a stable woman who loves to walk on the beach. And I'm like, are you 85 or are you just trying to find a wife already? Like, let's turn it down a notch. You're on a dating app. Let's like make this shit fun or else what is the point of doing any of it? You know what I mean? Like it's already miserable enough. Let's have some like, juice it up. So I always just try to like lead with a little bit of humor and try to lighten things up. And I think also it helps me a lot going on these dates because I don't put any pressure on myself. Like I started doing it in the beginning to have really bad social anxiety. So I would show up to these dates and be like so nervous. And then I had a moment where I was like, I'm not even trying to find a boyfriend. I'm just trying to have like a good time. Mm -hmm. Why am I nervous? Like just go there and, you know, shoot the shit, like just have fun with it. So I think that that really helps me enjoy the dates. And like, if a date goes bad, I'm like, all right, a date goes bad. Like I've probably gone on, I don't know, 30 dates since I've been single since I moved to New York in January. Wow. Like I've only wanted to see maybe three or four guys again after it. Like, it's not like I have terrible dates. I just leave them and I'm like, it was fun, but like, is it worth my time again? No, but I think that it's fun to like, meet people and connect. And like I said, I am newly single. So this is an experience that like, sometimes, yeah, I don't want to go and do it. And like, I want to cancel like nine times out of 10, like I push myself to go and to do it. And I like, I'm happy when I get home. So it's a part of like a social thing for me as well. And I also Mm. treat a lot of them like it's a business meeting. Like I really do go in there with like a funny and like lighthearted attitude and I'm like your friends, but I'm also like talking about, I'm like thinking back in my mind, like, okay, like, is there any, if this goes not great, like, is there any way that they could, you know, we could work, work together? Cause people in New York and LA, everyone does things. And like, I do gravitate towards people who work in hospitality, which is the industry that I'm very heavily in. So I always keep that in the back of my mind, but I just go and I'm like that person across the table from me is like human, whether I vibe with them or not. And like, probably never going to see them again. So might as well just like have a good time and make it light and fun. That's That's such a good point. Like I I feel like you are saying, don't put so much pressure on yourself. And I feel like I'm probably doing that right now. But also the thing is when I was dating in New York, I was the same exact way as you when I was going on like hinge dates, because at the end of the day, you can probably work with that person in some capacity with like the type of industry that we're in. So I, I was always like, Oh, okay. If it doesn't work out, like maybe we can shoot the shit and like figure some way to work together. But here in DC, maybe that's why it's been so different because at the end of the day, like everybody works in politics or the government and like, 
that's not, nobody wants to uh, talk to like a fashion blogger when they are a Republican working on the Hill and vice versa. (laughs) So I feel like that's a really good point. Like when you're in those cities, I mean, it's probably good at the end of the day to like try and I don't know, look at it with not as much pressure and it doesn't have to be a romantic thing. Like it could just be a friendship or like a working thing. Yeah, exactly. And I think that something too is like you, you just have to remind yourself, I think as women, it's really easy to get wrapped up. And like, even if sometimes I have a good date with someone, I'm like, okay, like, do I want to move to LA and like pursue this guy? Like, da, da, da. And like, I'll just like go. I think it's also part of being a Libra. Like I'll just go like a complete 180. And then I'm like, whoa, whoa, like reel it back in. You've just moved here because you wanted to date men in LA in general. Like, what are you, what are you doing? You know what I mean? So I think it's very easy to get caught up in, in that even before you get to the date. Um, if you like a lot of things about a guy on paper, but you just have to remember first off, probably 80% of what they tell you on the first date is going to be BS. Bullshit. And secondly, like you just have to treat everybody like they're on an equal playing field. And then if you want to pursue them and like, you have to pay attention how like they make you feel. Like, I think what we just said, women, you show up to the date, you feel like you have to carry it. Mm-hmm. And I'm mainly thinking like, Oh, like, how did I make them feel? Like, did they like me? Was I like, did I look like my pictures? Like, da, da, da. And I'm like, that's irrelevant. Like, how did they make me feel? Because if I didn't like how they made me feel, then none of that matters anyways. You know what I mean? That's such a good point. I feel like as women, we need to remind ourselves of that. Yeah. That's such a good point. Ain't that the truth. Ain't that the truth. (laughs) Okay. So to switch gears, because we're running out of time and I'm so sad. So sad. We could talk forever. Quickly. um, We always wrap up our episodes talking about what we're watching. So what are you watching on TV right now, Victoria? And tell us your thoughts on that. Mm, Some. Are you watching TV right now or are you living a real life TV show? Because you basically are on Below Deck. Below Deck season four. Are you watching? (laughs) Hint, hint, hint. Just kidding. I have no idea what season he's on. Um, I'm I'm actually really trying to do a a no TV like month. It's worked out fine. I did binge watch that like sex life thing in like two days. It's really trash TV. Um, Girls gotta right do what now, girls gotta do. Gotta do what you gotta do. I, I pop in on a few episodes of Beverly Hills when I like really need to just have my fix. Loving Kathy. Kathy is a breath of fresh air. Crystal, on the other hand, I don't know what's happening with her. Wait, I like Crystal, but I think um, you either like her or you hate her. But yeah. I have to say my favorite Kathy Hilton quote of all time. Who is Hunky Dory? <laughs> <laughs> that is a good show though. Like you can unwind and just- yeah. Like I look forward to watching Real Housewives of Beverly Hills right now because it's in and not to bring back Below Deck, but Below Deck, the new season of Below Deck Med is so good. Like yeah. it is so, so good. They're getting nominated for Emmys. I'm like so happy. Yeah. Are they really? They got nominated. The last season of Below Deck got nominated for two Emmys for best like reality TV show. Should I upgrade to the last, the people on the last season then if they're the ones getting the actual Emmys? Oh, no, no. I think you picked the right... I did the right one. You were right. It is season four. <laughs> it is season four. Yeah. Is but it? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm dying. That's amazing. So you haven't started Potomac yet. Do you watch Potomac? No. Oh my God. You got to start. Potomac and Family Karma are arguably my two favorite shows on Bravo. I do like Family Karma. I watch it with my mom and my grandmother because we are like uh, my family. We have like a lot of like Indian 
in us. Like I have a big Indian, like my nan is, it's, it's like a whole thing. And so we watch it and we just like freaking crack up. We're like, it's, this is like a lot of us. It's <laughs> absolutely amazing. It, talk about a feel good show, but also they've done like a lot in the LGBTQI plus community this, this past season. And it's really, really amazing. So if you guys aren't watching it, definitely watch it. So good. Before we um, end, I just have to say one more thing because I just remembered this during the dinner in Cabo with the, (laughs) at at one point he asks uh, Kelly what our podcast is about. And Kelly goes, plants. Plants. Because we didn't want to like tell him. So Kelly said our podcast was about plants. Like horticulture? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Kelly's like, I don't remember that. No, I, cause I had no idea what you were going to say. And then I heard you say plants and I was like, oh yeah. <laughs> if he asked us any question about plants, I'd just be like, um, urban stems. <laughs> <laughs> urban stems. Our discount code is Court and Kelly 20. 10. Oh, okay. shit. 20. No, I think it's 20 now. <laughs> upgraded. Oh my God. That's <laughs> so funny. Well, obviously we had such an amazing time. Victoria, we could talk to you forever. We'll definitely want to have you back. I'd love to talk more about like building a business and, you know, being in this industry and being, being so young and building such a successful agency, but we'll definitely have you back next time. We could talk for freaking ever. So this is so fun. Can you tell everybody where to find you? Mm, you can find me, uh, Victoria Van Ness on Instagram or amavi.agency on Instagram. Well, thank you so much. This was so much fun. We love you all. We can't wait for you guys to hear this episode and we'll talk to you next week. Bye.